Hello everyone, welcome to Jalo the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. Based on one of Italy's most notorious murder cases, we're diving into The Possessed, aka The Lady of the Lake. In this film, a writer returns to his favorite resort town, where he became infatuated with a hotel maid. Locals tell him she committed suicide, but he begins to suspect there's more to the mystery than they're letting on. My guest for this episode is a frequent contributor to Jalo of the Month Club, musician, filmmaker, and fellow podcaster. Welcome back, Wade Brown. Oh, here I am. It's the first episode of 2023 yes. that I'm on. It's good to be back. New me. Same podcast. I don't know. I, was, I had it <laughs> in my year, brain. Same podcast. There we go. I had it in my head and I messed it up already. So starting off the year the right way on Jalo of the Month Club. In the typical Wade fashion. Yes. <laughs> What have you been watching lately? Oh, boy. Uh, it's been a while. Um, well, we did our end of the year episode <clears throat> in December. Yeah. Speaking of end of year, I did watch Dinner in America. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, super cute. Uh, my girlfriend, Christy, was singing the song. I forget the song already, but she was singing it the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I always, apparently I do this every time in January, or we watch The Wire. I don't know why. What? You watch <clears throat> all seasons? Oh, I, it's on HBO Max, so I just watch it all okay. the time. I have not watched We Are, we are the City yet. And I have not. We own this city, and I haven't watched that yet. Knock at the Cabin? I saw that. I saw an advanced screening of that one. Yeah, it was, uh, Dave Bautista was really good in it. I loved him in it. Yeah, he was so good, and you're like, why hasn't he getting more all, all the roles? A wrestler, former wrestler turned actor that does adventurous roles. Yeah, he has a lot of range. I mean, He's hot. Blade Runner 2049, the little glasses. You know he's going to be very good when he has the little tiny glasses <laughs> on his big head. Um, I like Knock... Knock at the Cabin. Not, knock at the Cabin, except for the ending. Until the ending. I was so into it until the ending. But I am reading the book right now. Yeah. And the ending apparently is much different and better in the book. So we'll see. Maybe I'll have it finished the by The one time he month. could use an ambiguous ending mm-hmm. is that... Um, I watched Piggy and I hated it. I hated Piggy. I hated it so much. I saw that at Fantastic Fest and I, I walked out with mm, five, ten minutes left and I wish I would have walked out earlier. I fell asleep 45 minutes in. I hated it. And then we turned it off and I, you know. I feel like that was probably my least favorite movie of Fantastic Fest. I watched like 35 minutes. It's, it wasn't good. Uh, speaking of not good, I watched some of the American Pie spinoffs. So oh, I've never seen them. Okay. And it's a little thing we're doing for Mink and Dish. Uh, originally, I think we we're just doing the first American Pie in March, just so you know. Cheap okay. plug. Um, but I was like, you know, what? I've never seen any of the spinoffs. Let me watch them, and they are bad. Oh. I watched Bandcamp last night. They are bad. How many are there with the original cast? Four. Three, four. Because okay. there's reunion that happens okay. ten years I've later. Seen, I've seen those. I have not seen any. There's of a new one that came out in 2020 called Girls Rules. It's basically American Pie, but if they're all girls, <laughs> it was. Almost as bad. It's like a rom, bad rom com. They just slapped American Pie on, it and that was it. Uh, well, they have to keep the keep it alive. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did see other movies I've never seen before. Never been kissed. Never seen that. Problem. Oh, that's my problematic. God. Oh, my God. Have you seen Can't Hardly Wait? Yes. That's a good one. Recently, like uh, like a year ago. Good. Um, good. And I watched Saved. Okay. Mandy with Mandy Moore. Moore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cute. That was that was a cute one. Yeah. Speaking of cute, the last movie I have is Infinity Pool. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Very wet. <laughs> very, very wet. <laughs> I liked Infinity Pool <laughs> yeah. a lot. I like Possessor more, though. Yes, 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 yes. 
for 2023, Brandon Cronenberg, Infinity Pools. It's the best Cronenberg movie of 2023. (laughs) Uh, So I have been watching The White Lotus. I watched all the two seasons. Um, I have not watched White Lotus. I watched uh, Severance on Apple TV. There's Adam Scott. How is that? I liked it, I, I liked it a I lot. I heard it's really good. It's been yeah. on my list. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I am up to date on Servant, except for there's an episode that came out today. Speaking of M. Night, it's an M, that's an M. Night joint. That's on Apple TV. It's a series. I think it's on the fourth season. Oh, I got to put that on my list. Yeah, Servant. Um, 30-minute episodes. The acting's kind of cringe. It has Rupert Grint. Yeah, he's who's yeah. in Knock at the Cabin. Also, yep. Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley, yeah, it has him in it. He's he's probably the best part of that show of Servant. Uh, I saw the new Ant Man movie. I have not seen it yet. Which is an Ant Man movie, but I love Jonathan Majors in it. He's so oh, good. he's he's Kang. Yes, yes, he is so so good. If you like him in that, watch Loki. I've seen Loki. Okay, yeah, he's the villain. He's so yeah. good in that. He's so good in everything. And I, it's fine. It was fine. I give it a three out of five on Letterbox. Like I think it's middle tier. I'm like a, it's middle tier Marvel. Like I, it's all CGI though. So that's the thing. Like if you yeah. you can't make a movie. Actually, I mean, I guess this is a bold statement. You can't make a movie that's all CGI look good. But then you like think about like Lord of the Rings and things like that, and, like your Game of Thrones series and like Lord of the Rings series. Lord where, like, partially those, like, those look good. But yes, Ant Man was all CGI, but it was it was cute. I like Paul Rudd and and Modoc's um, in it. I never thought I'd see a live action Modoc in my Modoc life. is in it, and I was a little alarmed when he showed up because <laughs> he's a bit much. But then on even worse than Ant Man in the Marvel universe that I finally watched. Oh no! Thor: Love and Thunder. That was so bad. I was so hopeful for that movie. It had Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, who's a scary villain in the comics. Uh, Mighty Thor, uh, Natalie Portman is such a great story if you have it in like going on for a few years, not yeah. in 90 minutes. The goats were fun. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, I it guess. It also wasn't that great. I guess they were fu- would be fun if they weren't forcing a joke, not the goats, but Taika. If Tycho wasn't forcing a joke down our throats every thirty seconds, yeah, like if it was some there, there was some room to breathe, and then it was the screaming goats joke. Do you remember? Sure, that would be funny. Do you remember the Idris El the Idris Elba's kid in that terrible CGI face that yeah. pops up? Yes, I, I don't know. There was so so much stuff. It's that so I strange that like, I thought we were gonna say Eternals for a minute. It's so I haven't str- seen it. I haven't yet. seen it either. <laughs> um, it's just so so strange that the Thor is such a cool character, and he only has like one good movie. Yeah, of his, all four, he has one good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm so. I still don't mind the first Thor movie. It's the hair that kills me. His it's, hair. Yeah, his hair. It's super blonde. He has the blonde eyebrows and stuff like that. Oh, in the first. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was not looking at his eyebrows. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I figured. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Valentine's Day special of The Last Drive-In? I did. I Well, I watched the first movie, and I watched five minutes of Necromantic, and I turned it off. Have you I'll... seen that before? No. Okay. So, I had not seen Necromantic, but I, I watched Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, like, three times in the past year. <laughs> 
So I was a little bummed on that because I, I kind of like when it's movies that I haven't seen. That yeah. way it's, you know, kind of like an experience. But I'm glad that the world got to see the Phantom of the Mall movie. I had never seen it. It, uh, it it's good. something. It, it, it's something. it ain't good. Um, it, but that couple, the couple that got married was very cute. Yes, I did see that part. Yes. And Pauly Shore was in um, uh, Phantom of the Mall. Yeah, and you see his cheeks. Yes, yes, you do, you do. Um, but yeah, I wanted to watch Necromantic, but it was like, was it one in the morning? And I was in, I, I full disclosure, I moved into a new apartment, and I've been kind of going to bed at like eleven o'clock now. I feel weird. I feel very domesticated somehow. You're like an adult. I'm an adult now. I go to bed <laughs> at a reasonable time. So we were both sleepy, and we were like. And it was foreign, and yeah. it was, like, shot, like, with a potato. So it's, like, <laughs> I think I'm going to go to sleep. Well, I guess I can't talk about the closing shot of that movie. Which you can. Which I have nightmares about. You can. I don't want to spoil it for... I know. I've, I've seen enough gifts. I've seen the condom. It's past the condom. Oh, no. Um, Are you going to see Necromatic 2? I'm not going to go out of my okay, way, but okay. if Joe Bob has it on the last drive-in, I will watch Joe it. Joe Bob Darcy, if you're hearing this, play it. Darcy, friend of the podcast. Oh, she Diana is? Diana Prince. Oh, play it. Two Dianas, <laughs> play it. A tale of two Dianas. That's, that's what German, you A German Diana. Like, I don't know, have me on. I would have to see the movie though beforehand if yeah. they're having me as a guest. Yeah, or uh, get some <laughs> other weird German film. Get Decoder. That's a weird film. Yeah. All right, wait, are you ready to talk about The Possessed? Yes, a movie I've owned for a good year and a half and I've not watched yet. Till now. Why is it called The Possessed? I don't know. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, probably because, what mo- What year was this, 1965? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, The Exorcist was like the 70s, wasn't it? I don't know. There's why. no answer. I'm trying, to, no find, answer. trying to find I had it. always thought... Based on that title, that it was going to be kind of a ghost story or something spooky. Yeah. It's not. It's There's nothing supernatural. It's very spooky. <laughs> uh, it's not even spooky. The original title, the other title is more accurate, but it's a big spoiler. Yes, it's a total <clears throat> spoiler. Yeah. Uh, we could do um, Francesco's a, a Creepy Looking Dude. That would be the title of the movie. Or we could go with... Why are men so fucking weird? Why is yeah. he obsessed with this lady that he saw having sex with another man? That's such a creepy move. I mean, first the spying. Is he then, like a reverse cuck? I don't know. Like he's like, I wish I was there. It's the infatuation part that I don't get. Yes. I, I, I'm i not going to watch this twice. I'm still kind of confused about the movie. I'm still like... The motive is like, just leave. <laughs> just go away. So instead of the possessed, let's call it just leave. Just leave. Or don't even go there. Yeah, don't go there. Don't break up with your girlfriend and then... <laughs> and then go to this weird town and, you know, try to solve a murder or figure out a murder. Well, or... first to try to chase this other girl that has... Clearly other things on her mind based on the last time you were there. Um, And also... So, so this is based on a, a true story. It is. Was the motive as weird in the true story as it is here? I will get to it. Okay. I'm glad you okay, asked. Okay. All right. Based, We're going to educate you guys. 
And edu- I'll educate you. Yes. Uh, based on the novel Laldana del Lago, The Lady of the Lake, by Giovanni Camiso, The Possessed premiered at a Swiss film festival in July of 1965. There are a lot of connections to many Jalo previously reviewed on this podcast, but The Possessed does not include many actual Jalo elements. This movie is often considered one of the earliest examples of a giallo, as it falls more in the broader Italian definition of the genre, including any mystery film or book with crime elements. Just as the source material itself, the production of The Possessed was a family affair, linking directors and composers through the world of Italian cinema. This film was directed by Luigi Bazzani, who directed The Fifth Chord, which we reviewed on the podcast, and Footprints on the Moon, which I would like to review on this podcast. I was also co-directed by Franco Rossellini, who is the son of the composer of this film and nephew of famed filmmaker Roberto Rossellini. Giulio Questi wrote and directed Death Laid an Egg in 1968, which I reviewed on this podcast, and he was also hired to write the screenplay for The Possessed. So along with um, Julio Questi, the two directors, a fourth unaccredited director was added to work on the film. There are a lot of writers on this one, considering it already has two source materials, and it's based on real life. Maybe the possessed is he was possessed by the obsession. Mm. Mm. The obsessed. Yeah, I should be a writer. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to call it the obsessed now. The Obsessed was released in limited capacity in Italy in August 1965. It was not a box office hit and was eventually released in the United States, where it went straight to television in 1972 under the title Love, Hate, and Dishonor. The film was presented as a standalone special feature when it was released in the U.S. That name is even worse, I think. The Obsessed? No, no, no. The Uh, Love, Hate, and Dishonor? Yeah. He doesn't really hate anyone, I don't think. He doesn't. Yeah. But other people hate. That, that's true. That, that's, there's a lot of dishonor, too, with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> this episode will contain spoilers. The Possessed is available to rent on Amazon Prime, and you can also purchase the Blu-ray through Arrow Video. There are two versions of this film on the Arrow release. One is in English, and it's called The Possessed, and the other is in Italian, and it's called The Lady of the Lake. The difference between The Possessed and The Lady in the Lake goes beyond just the language. The two versions tell a slightly different story with a different tone, even though the footage is completely identical. You noticed this when you were watching it in English, and the subtitles were... It was in Italian. It was the Italian subtitles. But English. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Italian subtitles had, like, a little bit more depth to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would say in English three words, but like it'd be like a full two sentences or whatever in the Italian English subtitles. Mm -hmm. The Possessed follows Bernard, a well-known writer arriving in a small Italian town near a lake to spend his winter vacation. He checks into an old hotel owned by Enrico and his daughter Irma, secretly hoping to become reacquainted with their maid, Tilda. Bernard developed quite a crush on Tilda the last time he stayed there and had even stalked her a few times, And caught her having sex with a mystery person. As you do. (laughs) As you do, and then you just go back the next summer. (laughs) Eventually, he is told that Tilda committed suicide the previous winter and then learns that she was pregnant. 
Apparently, Tilda not only drank poison, but she also managed to cut her own throat, therefore killing herself. As you do. Bernard refuses to believe that Tilda committed suicide and decides to investigate what really happened. When Enrico's son Mario and his wife Adriana arrive at the hotel after their honeymoon, the two begin acting suspicious, including silent walks around the lake at night. Enrico isn't too thrilled with Bernard snooping around the hotel either. Bernard becomes obsessed with learning what happened to Tilda and begins to experience daydreams, flashbacks, and hallucinations. Oh boy, does he. Oh, oh yes. We have Peter Baldwin as Bernard. He is an American actor. Pretty much everyone else in the cast is Italian. He's the only American. Um, If you watch it in Italian, he's the only person who has his lines dubbed. Yeah. Because everyone else is already speaking Italian. Yep. Uh, Five years after this movie, Peter Baldwin was featured in The Weekend Murders, which I reviewed on the podcast. That's more of like a whodunit, but it's still pretty fun. I think you'd like that one. And you'll love this. He directed six episodes of Even Stevens. I never watched Even Stevens. What? Never seen Even Stevens. Oh my gosh, I... You would be an Even Stevens fan. Okay. All right, so... I'm put, writing that down. I'm Weekend, writing that. Weekend Murders, 1970, and Disney... Even Stevens might be on Disney Plus, so... Oh, is Even Stevens like a Disney show? Yes. I was more Nickelodeon Cartoon Network. Oh, okay, okay. So I was never into like the Disney was, Channel. Yeah, it was Disney. I was never into Disney Channel stuff. Oh my gosh. Some of the other cast um, is Salvo Rendani, who was in My Dear Killer. Valentina Cortese was in uh, Mario Baba's The Girl Who Knew Too Much, which was two years before this. And she acted until 1999 before passing away in 2019. So she had a really long career. Oh, and then we have uh, Pierre Giovanni Ancisi, who is Francesco the photographer, and he was in Autopsy, which I had the unfortunate displeasure of watching that for the podcast. Oh, really? And I, that was probably like my least favorite movie I've ever reviewed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's I... not Jalo. I don't think it's Jalo. It's the one where the lady, they think that the son is killing people. Yeah. It's real bad. It's not oh, bad. I have not, I, I have like not seen one. it. I don't think I'm going to see it. No, don't watch that Okay. One. Usually, I try to give movies... Is Necromantic better? Yeah, I mean, at least that's... A, they're a punk, and some of the stuff is kind of tongue-in-cheek, because it's just like, oh, they're punks, and they're just doing, like, a big F you to, like, the okay, government okay, okay. and, like, the censors and things okay, like and this, that. Okay, that movie has none of that. No, this is... It's... <laughs> no, I don't... Okay. All right, well, let's go... Let's talk about The Possessed, a.k.a. The Lady of the Lake. A.k.a. The Obsessed. A.k.a. Love, Hate, and Dishonor. A.k.a. <laughs> just <laughs> Leave. Obsessed. Again, men are so weird. There you go. <laughs> um, it features some really nice cinematography. Oh, yes. That was probably the highlight for the film for me. I really loved all of the like mirror shots and reflections, and I especially loved like in the hotel itself. There were a lot of mirrors hanging from the walls, so like it, it made sense to have those shots. I love that overhead shot of this, the stairs where it's kind of like a rectangular spiral. And then the final shot of the film on the tree-lined road where um, he's driving out. I thought oh, yeah. that was, like, a really beautiful... There's um, a scene, uh, I mean, we'll get to it. There's a spoiler uh, where he meets Mario. Or it's, like, a meat well, we're, packing... We're in, we're in the spoiler, yeah, well, so uh, go like, for it. Like, the meat packing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, like, so, like, eerie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... They, they, they do good stuff with shadows. I will say with Arrow, it's a great transfer. Oh, it looked <clears> fabulous. Yeah, the black and white is so... Chris, yeah. 
It's, it, it, I think if there's anything from the movie, it's going to be the cinematography yeah, and, what and the really, mood. And again, something else that, along with the title of The Possessed, that really made me think going into it, that maybe it was like a little bit more, more supernatural, was the shots that I have seen from it like online. The trailer is the a little tra- misleading. The, tra- the trailer, too. <clears throat> the black and white and the graininess, it gives such an atmospheric feel. The tracking shot through the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's in that dream sequence with the eyeball. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that. And that's a great scene where the eyeball like opens up in that little crack and then um she rises up like a zombie. Uh-huh. It's so eerie it and weird. Eerie. Yeah, eerie's a great with eerie that, is a great way to describe this. And movie. it's the and there's there's some elements of Jala with it with the one we have the author that has to solve the crime. Oh, there is that eyeball shot. I <clears> did say earlier when I was introducing the film that there weren't really many Jalo elements, but that was the eyeball shot. And that's also, a, that's a one. That's the a the one piece of score that just repeats over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that dramatic ass score. Yes. Signaling danger. Yes. Danger. Danger. It's always danger. danger. <laughs> if I was um, him, if I would have heard that music, I'd be like, I shouldn't go here. Yeah, and the music is by uh, Renzo Rossellini, who is the father of one of the co-directors of this film. With a 95-minute runtime, there are four deaths total. So not a huge, huge body count, not much bloodshed. There's hardly any gore in this one. The only gore there is is the shot of her um, neck slit. Mm. That's pretty gory looking. Made in 1965, a year after Mario Baba's Blood and Black Lace, The Possessed is as much an art film as it is Jalo. It is slow-paced, moody, atmospheric, eerie is such a good way to describe this one. The directors draw the story out in long, introspective takes, mixing film grains within fantasy and dreams. The movie is quite ambiguous, just because you never really know where fantasy and reality begin begins or ends, even though there is a full confession in this movie you still don't know what really happened. <laughs> or yeah. even if like even if the confession is real. Yeah, you, you don't know like, <clears throat> is that a real scene? Yeah, like the scene of like when uh, Francesco and him are on the boat and he wakes up. That could have been real, but he just went back to sleep. Also with the Mario thing, but also we do into this whole other plot twist with uh the Emma, I think her name is. At the end, she's like, I killed her, I killed her. Oh, Irma, the daughter? Irma, that's her name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the confession. Yeah. But also, Mario kind of confesses a little bit, too. Yeah, so you don't know. And it just Even jumps. Though, it just yeah. jumps to the next, next scene. Yeah. Like, what? And you, yeah, so you don't know, is the daughter telling the truth? Because you have that scene with Mario, but was that scene with Mario even real? Yeah. You don't know. Because it doesn't look real, because it's very, like, shot differently. With a potato. No, 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 that's not that's not gonna happen. This one's shot with a real camera. A real camera. <laughs> one of the strongest Jalo elements in The Possessed is the unreliable narrator aspect, as the entire film is told to us retrospectively by Bernard. And also there's a line that Frances- Francesco says he read his previous book and says, You used your lot in your imagination a lot on that mm-hmm. one. And the good point that you, you brought up earlier when we were joking about the title of the film, him being obsessed. Being a writer, he could be speculating things. Like, he could really be embellishing things. Maybe the his, story's too boring. His, yeah, his um, his imagination gets away from him and things unfold. Maybe not exactly the way they're presented to us in the film. Who knows? Because he's a writer and he's embellishing and he's trying to get a good story. 
The relative lack of bloodshed and the small body count might turn off viewers looking for a salacious brand of jolly. But few films offer this broad of a view of what the genre could have become had trends shifted in the 1960s. It's more of a noir thriller than a sexy slasher. Even during production, the directors were adamant that they considered the film an art house take on the genre and labeled it a mental jollo. Great description. Yes. Yes. At the very center of The Possessed is a real-life story and a true crime angle. Other Italian true crime thrillers tend to heighten the scandal of its source material, but The Possessed's quiet tone recalls the more calculated approach of later true crime films. The Possessed was adapted from a novel based on an actual murder case known as the Algae Killings. I apologize in advance if I pronounce anyone's name wrong. They're all Italian names, and I don't speak Italian, and I'm trying my best. (laughs) How dare you! (laughs) Fior Datos and Elvira Riva and their daughter Adelina owned and ran the Albergo Centriale, a hotel located in the town square of Algi, Italy. The Datos couple also had a son, Aldo, who ran the local butcher shop. They were the town's wealthiest and most influential citizens. On May 9th, 1933, Adelina ran out of her family's hotel shouting, Help! Emma committed suicide. You said Emma earlier, and I was like, did you know about this case? <laughs> <laughs> Emma de Ventura was a girl who worked as a waitress at the hotel. Emma's body was found in room number six. She was lying on the floor, her throat cut by a razor, and her mouth smeared with iodine tincture. This was a suspicious find, considering... The bottle of iodine tincture had been resealed and placed back on a shelf. No one mentioned that the bloodstained razor had been placed on the bedside table. There was also an unfinished letter from Emma to her boyfriend in which she said she had discovered something significant. There was no further investigation and the case was dismissed as a suicide. And what's even stranger is like now if you think about it, you're like, wasn't well, the poison enough? Why do you have to slash your throat, too? That's Mm -hmm. a little overkill. And how did you put that razor blade nicely on the table after you slit your own throat? A lot of questions. Uh, But that was May of 1933. SVU wasn't around then. (laughs) Meanwhile, Aldo Datos, the son, gets married to Carolina Fenezer. As it was tradition at the time, they headed to Venice on their honeymoon. While in Venice, Carolina calls her mother, telling her the honeymoon is over and she will be back the following day, and she wants her mother to pick her up. Carolina wants to leave her new husband and the village forever. On December 4th, 1933, the day after calling her mother, Carolina is found dead. She is found floating in the cold water of the lake. Again, the police and the medical officer agree that Carolina must have committed suicide. Maybe she couldn't stand being away from her family after she got married. Maybe it was an accident due to her sleepwalking. The doctor attributed the bluish marks and bruises around her neck to decomposition, even though the cold, nearly frozen water of the lake should have made decomposition impossible. There was no further investigation into Carolina's death, and police closed the case. These next murders, I couldn't get a clear idea of what the actual names of the two victims were because they were listed under different names on all of the sort all of the materials that I found. 
I'm going to go with Luigi and Luigia Delmonico. Their names are spelled different throughout all of the news articles that I found, so I'm not really sure exactly what their real names are, but let's go with Luigi and Luigia Delmonico. Uh, Luigi and Luigia, 13 years after Carolina was found dead and also Emma was found dead, they were on their way home after closing their business when someone shot them to death in the darkness of night. The authorities chalked their deaths up to a robbery. After the murder of the Delmonico couple, Sergio Savini, a young local journalist, decided it was time to look into this series of crimes. Sergio traced the two suspicious deaths of Luigi and Luigia back to 1933, and in 1953, Sergio wrote an article in which he laid out all the facts and urged readers to demand justice for the victims who deserved it. In his article, Sergio didn't name any names, but the Detas family, the owners of the hotel, sued him for defamation. During the trial, many people he interviewed were called to testify. Most did not show up, and others changed their stories when they were on the stand. Sergio was sentenced to eight months in prison for libel in the press. This imprisonment didn't prevent him from pursuing a journalist and novelist career. Years later, he would write a book inspired by the series of crimes called The Mysteries of Algae. Among the people who had read his original article was Ezio Siska, a young general from a nearby town. Ezio convinced his superiors to open an investigation and went to Algae with a colleague to gather information undercover. They posed as laborers looking for work and began to bond with locals. While gathering information, Izio learned that an elderly local woman might know something about the deaths of Luigi and Luigia Delmonico. It took Izio years to win over her trust, even going as far as to become engaged to her granddaughter, which I hope was real. I hope he <laughs> just didn't marry her to get, get some information. Come on, people, marriage means something. <laughs> well, you know, it was complicated back then. It was less complicated back then. Yes, People true. didn't have anything. This is true. <laughs> Only then did the elderly woman confide to Izio what she had seen that night, back in 1946. On the evening of November 18th, 1946, the elderly woman had looked out into the alley, heard gunfire, and had seen three people running away. It was dark, but she had recognized one of the three. His name was Giuseppe Gasparin, a resident known to be involved in shady dealings. Izio wasted no time and befriended Giuseppe, after which he threw him the bait. Izio said to Giuseppe that he was not a laborer, but a thief, and he was planning a big heist. Izio was looking for men who knew how to use a gun. Giuseppe reassured him that not only was he not scared of guns, but he had already killed two people. Very revealing. Yeah, what a dummy. The next day, Giuseppe was summoned to the police headquarters and confronted by Izio in full uniform. Giuseppe was arrested and interrogated for hours until he confessed. The confession and following investigation lasted for years. In 1958, the police finally went to the Albergo Centriale Hotel to arrest Aldo Detos, his brother-in-law, Pietro de Bassia, and his sister, Adelina. So this is a lot of information and you might be wondering what really happened and what that has to do with this movie. The Obsessed, yeah. Let's take it way back to when the parents of this family originally got married. So when the father married the mother, no one thought that it was out of love. Elvira was the wealthiest woman in the village and 
to Fior, she was a catch. Elvira also had a newborn, illegitimate child named Umberto Giovanni. Fior didn't want to raise this child who was not his own, so Elvira left the baby with an acquaintance in Venice and paid her to raise him. This was the motive that started the chain of murders. Once he grew up, the illegitimate baby, now an adult, Umberto came back to town and the family killed him. No one heard from Umberto, dead or alive, after 1933. The defendants were not charged for this murder as the body was never found. From there, the daughter Adelina killed Emma de Ventura. She slit her throat and staged a suicide. At the trial, Adelina said she did it out of jealousy, but investigators thought it was more likely that Emma had discovered the truth about Umberto Giuseppe's murder by accident. And once the son Aldo married Carolina, he felt comfortable enough to tell her the truth about Emma's death. Carolina was so terrified she called her mother to come and get her. She was forced to spend the night at the hotel and the family wouldn't let her leave. During the night, Pietro de Basio, Aldo's brother-in-law, strangled Carolina with the help of Aldo and Adelina. They took her corpse to the frozen lake, and that is when Luigi and Luigia Delmonico saw them. They said nothing for the next 13 years, but eventually Aldo and Pietro ambushed them along with the help of Giuseppe. In 1960, the court sentenced Aldo, Adelina, and Pietro to life imprisonment for the murders of Caterina and the Delmonicos. Their accomplice, Giuseppe, was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Aldo and Pietro died in prison, while Adelina received a pardon from the President of the Republic in 1981 at the age of 73. This is like, this is a, was, this a, was this a big case? Throughout my research of this, there wasn't a ton that I could find, but it's been called one of the most famous case, murder cases in Italy. Yeah, because like the movie is literally like five years later, yeah. since the conviction yeah. stuff like that, yeah. so... Novelist Giovanni Camiso was so captivated by the algae cases that he first used them as insight for his 1954 short story, A Village of Good People, and then for the novel that inspired this film, The Lady of the Lake. The novel was an incredible success, and its rights were quickly snatched up by the team behind this film. Wade, do you have any flavor of the month picks that go along with the possessed, the obsessed, the lady of the lake? <laughs> love, hate, and dishonor. Um, love, hate, and dishonor. Just leave. Um, or anything related to its true crime nature. Uh, I have three that all have very different themes to it that's compared to the movie. So it's, it gives multiple flavors. It's like a Neapolitan here. Or as I used to call it, a Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon. Um, so if you wanted to go for like an unreliable narrator kind of story, I would check out the noir film Detour from 1945. It's a Criterion movie. You can also see our review on Minkadish Productions. We did a review. <laughs> Snuck that plug in. <laughs> three years ago, I think. Really good. Really. If you want to do a movie about unreliable narrator, that's where you go. Yeah. Uh, my first flavor of the month to be paired with The Possessed is Eight and a Half from 1963. Mm -hmm. Stylistically, The Possessed gave me major Eight and a Half vibes. Yeah, very Fellini. Like, yes, yes, Which yes, is yes. also a Criterion film we've done on Minkadish Productions. <laughs> 
It's a surrealist comedy drama directed and co-written by Federico Fellini. The film follows a troubled Italian filmmaker as he struggles with creativity and attempts to get a new movie off the ground. Overwhelmed by his work and personal life, the director retreats into his thoughts, which often wanders into dreamlike territory. It's also... Sound familiar? Another it's another <laughs> movie that's great black and white. Possessed gave me such Fellini vibes with the the look of the film, the style of the film, and again with the, the dreamlike quality. You can watch Eight and a Half on Canopy and HBO Max. Uh, my second one is... Uh, this this theme is if you want to watch a movie about someone that's obsessed... And wants to find the killer, the murderer. Okay. Uh, I saw the devil. Ooh, I love that one. Yeah, it's a good Remember one. Remember when Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett were supposed to remake that film? Yeah. What happened to that? I Simon, don't know. I know you listen to the podcast. What happened to that man? Uh, Adam just wanted to do uh, de- <laughs> Death Note. I like Death Note. <laughs> and I he wants to do like anime adaptations, yeah. not uh, Korean. I think they wanted to. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think what happened was they did the remake of Old Boy, and they're like, not them, but like America did the oh. remake of Old Boy, and everyone's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't touch this, this uh, Korean uh, crime revenge movie. But yeah, I saw the Devil. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember it was like, oh man, and the characters obsessed mm-hmm. uh, to find the killers. Like it's another similar movie that's not one of my picks, but Mandy of like. They go to the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. Like, go deeper and deeper and deeper to where they just leave. Just stop. Just stop, man. <laughs> let, let the police do just it. Just stop, man. That's let the another, police do it. That's another. <laughs> yeah. But I saw Devil as my uh, flavor. My chocolate of the Neapolitan. Oh, okay. What was, what was the first flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla? Yeah. And the next one's strawberry? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't like strawberry usually. All right, we'll see. All right, my second flavor of the month is Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me from 1992. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also, ironically, we're filming this, and I'm wearing a Twin Peaks shirt. We're filming this on Twin Peaks, Peaks Day, Day, February 24th. Just and my saying. notes were finalized before it was yes. Twin Peaks yes. Day. So I did not, it just, coincidence. And you chose Fire nice... Walk With Me, which is the darker of, of yeah, all of them. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, actually, The Returns does have that one episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little dark, but this yeah. one's... Well, David Lynch, he's known for his fantastical and sometimes very weird style of filmmaking. Fire Walk With Me serves as a prequel to the Twin Peaks TV series. It's streaming on HBO Max if you want to watch it. Also, if you own the Twin Peaks Blu-ray set, it has it with it. Mm. And also, if you had the Blu-ray set, watch The Missing Pieces, which is uh, all the deleted scenes, like 90 minutes of deleted scenes. Nice. Including the two by four. Nice. Um, it's funny you mentioned David Lynch because my last one is a David Lynch film. David Lynch's Strawberry, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, um, I was thinking Mulholland Drive okay. at first, but I wanted to go with a little more unreliable narrator kind of thing. Even okay. though Mulholland Drive is very unreliable, mm-hmm. Lost Highway. Nail it. Lost okay. Highway. Um, just Bill Pullman's character in uh, Balthazar Getty. Um, it's hard to talk about the film, but there's definitely an obsession there. There's also, I don't even know what's real. Like, did Bill Pullman, slight spoiler, did he kill his wife, Patricia Arquette? Did he kill her? Well, the movie, um, there's a lot of elements. We do talk talk about that on the Condition Productions. That's a criterion, recent criterion film, and I have my theories. I don't want to spoil it, but I have my theories on what the movie's about. Watch a David Lynch film. That's basically what we're if you, saying. If you want beautiful black and white, watch Eraserhead. 
No, not paired with this one. No, not the, no if, I'm just saying <laughs> if your flavor is you just want to watch another black and white film with eight and a half. Yeah, this movie, eight and a half and Eraserhead. My eyeballs. Yes. And maybe throw Tetsuo the Iron Man in there. Last. Yes. <laughs> All right. My third and final flavor of the month is a podcast. Last podcast on the left. I actually re- actually recently bought one of their, because uh, Christy loves mm-hmm. last podcasts. Uh, unironically, like, you guys went to the same show mm-hmm. and didn't even know. Um, we got that, they have a new board game about cryptids. Oh. It's at Target or whatever. We I, I searched everywhere and I found Wait, it's at Target? Yeah. They're, sell- like, they're selling out. It was a like Target uh, exclusive, I think, like, like a couple weeks ago. We haven't played it yet, but it looks fun. I'm sure Christy was very happy to have it. Oh, yeah. Even so, if you I, haven't played it. I surprised it. her with it. <laughs> oh, so nice. Pretty much the only podcast that I listen to on my commute. Because I have a nice hour, and they're usually an hour to, long. You don't listen to the Jalo the Month Club? I don't listen. I don't want to skew the numbers. You know. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Last podcast on the left covers all of the horrors of our world, imagined to real, from demons to slashers, the cults to serial killers. The show is released weekly and discusses dark subject matter spanning from Jeffrey Dahmer, werewolves, Jonestown, hauntings, war crimes, wrestlers. All kinds of stuff. A lot of information. It also has a little comedy. And it's streaming on Spotify. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to plug or promote? I'm just going to plug away with everything. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Suede Guy. Um, I post a lot of funny stuff. And also, I'm trying to do some more vinyl. And I must do a lot of albums. Maybe I'll put album reviews on there. I don't know. I was saying about it. Um, you can follow me on Letterboxd, Suede MCP. You, if you follow me after this episode, you'll probably see my review of Cocaine Bear, which kind of came out today. So Did you see it? Not yet. Okay, okay. Not yet, not yet but either. by the time this episode airs, I hopefully have seen it. It'll be Monday or Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> um, you can buy my Jalo-inspired short, Butterfly Black Velvet, on DVD. Uh, it will be coming soon to digital. We have, we're waiting on another film festival. They're very, like... You know, they want it, they want exclusive mm-hmm. stuff. So we're waiting for the last response on that one. Uh, but you can buy it, Mikanish Productions dot square dot space. Uh, sorry, sorry. Mikanish Productions dot square dot site. Um, it's only $5. It also comes with two other shorts I've done. It's fun. Uh, you can check out Mikanish Productions. Mikanish Productions is youtube.com slash Mikanish Productions. We have Criterion movies. We're doing American Pie. It's going to be terrible. We did The Monsters a couple months ago, and that was awful. And also, you can follow the pod. And Speaking the- of Monsters, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt your plugs, but I have to talk about this. I watched Lords of Salem last night. Awful. Isn't it, it was so bad. I saw it in the theater. It may be up there. Okay, House of Gucci was pretty bad, but in the theater. Well, I watched Lord of the Salem in the theater. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. So the scene at the very end was very uh, Suspiria remake-esque. Did you and like- I didn't mind that. And I, I liked that they actually filmed at least the exteriors in Salem. So it was cool seeing all the Salem stuff that, you know, I love and you're familiar with. Besides the ending and the imagery of that and then, the, like, the Salem locations, it sucked. Did you like the, the 17,000 shots of the same hallway 
but then we're going to pan in. We're going to pan out. We're going to zoom in. We're going to zoom out. We're going to go this way. We're going to do that way. We're going to have a static shot. We're going to have a close-up Rob shot. Rob Zombie does not need to make this... Dutch angle. That quality of film. Yeah. Uh, also, like, I remember, you know, Clint... Also, I am glad he loves his wife. Yes. Oh, we, we know. <laughs> he loves his wife. Uh, you know, Clint, uh, <laughs> yeah. friend of the podcast, yeah. uh, he actually sent me a video, a picture of, like, him. He was video... He was interviewing Stephen King... Oh. I was like, oh, for like a George Romero thing? I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, my buddy Clint, we were all sitting there, and I whispered to him, it was like, it was like a dream sequence, and I'm like, what's next? Because both me and him were hating this movie, and it's like, what's next? Is like a little person going to show up, oh, yeah. and then a little person shows <gasps> up, and looking like a turkey? Remember yeah, that? And I was like, <sighs> but it's very stereotypical to put, aren't little people weird? Yeah, kind of like thing. That. I don't like that either. No. So they're not. They're not weird. They're, they're they're, this isn't 1965 anymore. Yeah. This is 2020. It was like 2012. <laughs> it came out. I thought you were talking about this year. I'm like, it's 2023. Yeah, it's it was. <laughs> yeah, Lords of Salem was one of the worst movies I've ever Ugh. seen in my life. Uh, Monsters is slightly better. Okay. I have. I had to say that because I like. I'm not going to remember by the next time you and I record. <laughs> it's a movie that I like to scrape from my brain, but I cannot. It has nothing to do with Rob Zombie. Uh, Tales from the Pod Crypt. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Tales from the Pod Crypt. I am planning on a new method on how we're going to do the episodes where I'm just going to binge them all and then lend the guests the DVD. Okay. So they can watch it, not underwater on YouTube. Okay. Tales from the Pod Crypt is going to come back soon. You have to start, next time you're on an episode, you have to start back with the Flavor of the Month. Oh, yes. You were doing that. Well, here's the thing. Cool. I got her. Let me, let me watch all of yeah. them, and then I'm gonna do yeah. it. Yeah, just bring it, bring it back, and I, then it's a good, good segue for. Oh boy, now I'm thinking <laughs> of what could be. Oh, uh, this one. Uh, Think about it. I'm just saying, I very much enjoyed that. That was your your yes. go to for for some time. Jalo of the Month Club is now on Letterboxd. Follow the list titled Jalo of the Month Club for every movie reviewed on the podcast, including this one. You can also follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club for all the Jollo goodness that you can handle. I'm trying to be a little bit better about posting on the Twitter, but sometimes it's like, listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't have, I have more to say on an episode than I do via tweets. <laughs> uh, Twitter, I'm not, uh, there's a lot of weird things going on, on Twitter. You're limited on tweets if you don't buy blue. It's weird stuff. I am active on Twitter on my personal account, which I need to start doing it on the podcast account when it's Joe Bob Nights. That's my peak active is on those Friday nights. The podcast logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. You can follow myself, Diana, your host, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Diana NK. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you'll likely know which movie will be featured on the next episode before it's announced because I log everything that I watch. And I typically don't really announce to everyone what the next movie is. And you also, if you follow me on Letterboxd, and you see that I have a similar movie... Then I think you'll know who the guest is. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
But I'm also always looking for guests. So if you have any specialty when it comes to filmmaking or music and you are a lover of the Jalo and there's a Jalo film that you really, really want to talk about on the podcast, email me at jalomonthclub at gmail.com. You should get fan mail. Yeah, send me some fan mail. Not not even fan mail, just if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, like send me some examples of a podcast that you've been on or your work. I'm always down to talk to fellow Jalo fans just because it is such a niche. Yes. (laughs) Niche part of cinema and cinema history. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. On this deep dive into the possessed, the obsessed, the lady of the lake. Death, love, hate, love, and dishonor. Hate and dis- dishonor. Just, just leave. <laughs> Please go away. <laughs> what was the one with men? Men are weird. That's the better name. I'm your host, Diana Koch. And I'm Wade. And you've been listening to Jalo Month Love.